0: Everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting EdYoung.com. Enjoy the message. I've been doing this talk called Living the Dream. We all want to live the dream. Sometimes people say, Hey, I'm just living the dream. So I decided to tackle uh kind of a lot of scripture. And to let you see how God's dream developed and unfolded in the lives of a lot of people. Now, sometimes I'll take certain sections of Scripture and concentrate on them for several weeks. But in this series, man, we have put the pedal to the metal, we've, we've put the throttle to the firewall, and we have flown through Scripture. We started last time with Genesis chapter 15. We talked about Abraham. God told Abraham that he was going to bless his socks off and back again. God told him he was going to build a nation from his descendants. The problem was Abraham was old. He didn't have any kids. God showed up and and did some miraculous stuff. And and then he talked to Abraham about about this land, about this turf, this promised land, this dream piece of real estate that Abraham's offspring would inhabit, that they would claim. Then we moved over to the book of Numbers, Numbers 13 and 14. We took a look at the children of Israel in Egyptian slavery. Moses led them out of slavery, parted the Red Sea. God showed up in supernatural ways. They got to the brink. I mean, they, they, they got to the, to the mortgage company. You might say they were getting ready to take title from the property, and the people in Israel lost it. Only two. Out of two million, really, Joshua and Caleb made it into the promised land. Because the Israelites didn't do the deal, they spent 40 years, four decades, wandering in the wilderness. They died off. The vision vandals died off. And now we come to the promised land again. Forty years later, the people who who didn't live the dream died in the desert. Joshua and Caleb now are leading this new generation into the promised land. That is where we left off. I have a hard time remembering that myself. It's in Scripture. If we have any preachers here, or maybe some preachers will watch this by television, or maybe they'll check it out on the podcast, or MP3, or DVD, or whatever. Here's how a preacher would outline where I've gone so far. Do Do you want to hear how a preacher would do it, do you? I can tell you do. A preacher would say, God made a pact about this tract. The people wouldn't attack, so they lived in the land of lack. I don't know why you came here tonight, but I've come to praise the Lord. That's how a preacher would outline the scripture. Yeah, let's live the dream, live the dream. Here's what we do when it comes to dreaming. Here's what we do. And I've done this. I'll confess, and I know you have too. I will start out with my scheme, with with my dream, and then I will do what makes me look good, what puts wind in my sail. Then I will take some God stickers, and I'll just place the God sticker on it. People do that all the time. People play the God card, use the God sticker. They dream, they do their deal, and then they put the God sticker on it. Well, God just wants me to be happy. So we bolt out of a marriage, leave our kids, hook up with someone else, and then we'll play the God card and put the God sticker on our dream. Hey, God is not blessing that. Don't use God as some cheap sticker. That's pitiful. Or we'll commit all this sexual immorality. We'll do this. We'll do that. And then we'll say, oh, God has blessed my life. We'll put the God sticker on it. If you're living with someone outside the context of marriage, God is not going to bless your life. I mean, let's just talk about the ABCs of Scripture. It's not going to happen. If you're living the homosexual lifestyle, don't put the God sticker on it. God is not going to bless your life. If you're materialistic or greedy and it's all about you and your scheme and your stuff, God's not gonna bless your life. So so don't play games with God. You can play games with me, but don't play games with God and say, I'm just gonna do what I wanna do, then I'll, then I'll put the God sticker on it. It's like the typical comedian we see who just rips everything imaginable, drops the F-bomb and takes the Lord's name in vain, and he or she has the audacity to end the, the shtick by saying, you've been a great audience, God bless you, please." <laughs> Put the God sticker on it now, 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 come on. So we can't do what we want to do and place the God sticker on it. If we're going to live the dream, what do we have to do? We have to see and discern and log on to God's dream and stick ourselves to it. God has an amazing dream for every single person here. I can say that with total and complete confidence. God's dreams for your life are unimaginable. They're they're phenomenal. We can't even wrap our brains around them. And the reason we have the ability to dream is because God is a God who dreams. He wants you and me to stick ourselves to his dream. And that... It's what I want to talk to you about again in this session. I want to talk to you about living the dream. Because here's what it means to dream. It's about developing righteous engagement, anticipation, and momentum. Say with me. It's about developing. That's you and me. Wait a minute. It's about developing righteous engagement, anticipation, and momentum. That, in a nutshell, is God's dreams for all of our lives. And, and, and the great news is this, we can get in on God's dream. Now, right now, you are thinking to yourself, well, there's no way, Ed, I can live God's dream because you don't know what I'm involved in. And there's no way I can do what God wants me to do. I can't get on this great life because you don't know my past. You you don't know what I'm thinking. You don't know my my hurtful habits and and my rebellions. You know what? You're right. I don't. I can't read anybody's mind. God knows. The Bible says God is omniscient. It means he knows everything. He knows. You You can't live on the down low or, or do something sly or sneaky or clandestine in God's economy. He knows, just like it's in broad daylight. So God even knows all of our shortcomings and sins, all of our fallenness and fallibility. He still, are you ready for this? He still says, you know what? You can live the dream. Well, Ed, how can you say that, man? Well, okay, let's go to Scripture. Joshua. And I'm going to take you on a quick cruise through Joshua again. Remember, we've gone through the first potential real estate deal. It didn't work. Now Joshua and Caleb, two out of two million, are leading the new generation into the promised land. And, and I have to make a point here. Many students who are my voice right now, you've returned back to school. School's in session. Woo! Yeah! Now, you're not saying that, but whenever we go to school, what's going to happen? We're going to experience peer pressure. I like the word peer because it peers, (laughs) and it's full of pressure. We all deal with peer pressure, And, and students, I feel your pressure. I feel your pain. I have been there. Peer pressure. It can can cause anxiety and stress. It can cause compromise. It can cause you to miss living God's dream. And, And here he is. Here's my word of wisdom. Before we jump in, I hope I finish tonight. Before we even jump into Joshua, don't fall for it. When God starts dreaming, the enemy starts scheming. Don't fall for it. Because the people that you're trying to impress, the in crowd, whatever that is, in today's culture, about five or ten years from now, you look back and go, what What was I worried about? (laughs) Trying to do this and that to to appease them, to, to, to have the peers accept me? It's not worth it. You're playing for an audience of one. That is God Himself. Stick yourself to God's dream. All right? Don't live like hell and then stick God to your dream and say, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just, this is the way. It can ruin your life. Don't do it. Life is short, even though you're young. You're like Joshua and Caleb. You can make a difference. God will give you the strength and the power to stick yourself to his dream when you make the dream center, this church, your social life. When you engage and involve yourself here, you can stand up and you can be the Joshua. You can be the Caleb. Joshua and Caleb did it. Were they superhuman? No, they were normal guys. But they were able to stand against two million people because they lived the dream. Why did they live the dream? There's one secret, the secret word I gave you when I ended last time. O-B-E-Y, it's a four-letter word that you've got to memorize, O-B-E-Y. Say with me, obey. Obey. That, that's really the secret to the Christian life. It's not, that, it's not that difficult, I mean, to explain. You know, it's, it's tough to live, but, I mean, it's, it's really trust and obey. obey. Right. Okay, now let's go back to Joshua. Joshua's getting ready to cross the Jordan. So he sends a couple of spies out to check out the first city. Say first with me, first. I'm talking about Jericho. This is huge, because I'll come back to that later, if we get to later. The first city, Jericho. They were going to take out, wipe out Jericho. That's what they were going to do. God told them, destroy Jericho, take it out, wipe it out. So Joshua was ready. He had his game face on. Everything was was ready. He takes two spies and sends the two spies out to Jericho. Now Jericho was locked down. I mean, there was nothing going on. The people had heard. The Israelites were getting ready to cross the Jordan. The Jerichoites were about to lose their mind. Everything was locked down. But there was a house of ill repute. But there was the red light district, but there was a place where the women of the night kind of cruised around, if you understand what I'm talking about. And the two spies cruised into this house, and the woman, I mean, the madam was named Rahab. In today's culture, we call her a hoe. But I've got good news for you. God can take a hoe and give her hope. Isn't that great? God can take a hoe and put a pe on it and give her hope. And some of you right now are going like, man, I'm a hoe. I'm a hoe. You know what? Just say, hope. Say it with me. Hope. Because God in His grace and love is all about that. Because God, check this out, is going to use Rahab, this hoe, in a phenomenal way. Rahab is a part of the lineage of Jesus. Rahab was instrumental in this whole deal. So don't let the enemy or anybody else say, oh, you're used up. You can't do it. You can't make it. At Fellowship Church, we don't want to ever, ever confuse acceptance with approval. We accept everybody. Fornicators, adulterers, liars, murderers, homosexuals, sinners. We accept you. We love you. We don't approve of your behavior. We don't go, wow, way to go, adulterer! All right, homosexual. Hey, yeah, way to go, murderer and liar. And then no, we don't do that. We accept you, and we'll show you what the Bible says about your behavior. God wants to use you, and He's going to use Rahab because Rahab hides the spies. The king of Jericho and the secret service. Man, they're trying to find these spies. Rahab has them hidden. And then the spies come back, and they tell everybody the deal. So it's time. Are you ready for this? For Joshua and Caleb to move out and cross the Jordan. Okay, now we pick up Scripture. Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. That's a good place to be from and went to the Jordan. Wow. I woke some people up on that. What? Whoo. Is that hilarious? I'm just reading the Bible. That sounds like some bull rider should be from, from that town, right? Here's cowboy Billy Bob Jones from shittum Texas, you know? <laughs> My email is (laughs) ed.young at fellowshipchurch.com. But they were moving from this town and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, okay, they had the Ark, right? And the priests who were Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Now, I want you to see the development of this dream. I mean, here are the the people, man. They're they're living the dream. They've stuck themselves to God's dream. And and, and now Joshua is saying, okay, when you see the ark out in front of you and the Levites, the pastors, you know, the leaders, when you see them moving out, you follow. You follow. God calls leaders in every realm of life, especially in his kingdom, to Move out, we're called to follow. It says, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. I love this. Then you will know which way to go. So see, if I follow the Lord's directives, if I follow God's dreams, because remember all true dreams start with God. If I follow that, then I'm going to know where to go. I will not know where to go if I follow my own dream. But if I follow God's dream, if I stick myself to His deal, I will know where to go. I'll have a great sense of direction. A friend of mine goes to Alaska a lot, and and he saw this sign in Alaska, and I love this. It said, choose your rut carefully because you'll be in it for the next thousand miles. (laughs) Isn't that great? I talked to so many people, it's like, they're living in a rut. And you've heard what a rut is. A a, a rut is a a grave with both ends knocked out. That's the kind of life that a lot of people are living. Why is that? Because they are living their scheme instead of God's dream. They're they're doing their stuff instead of doing God's stuff. They're doing what they want to do and then sticking God to it as opposed to doing what God wants them to do and sticking themselves to it. So, So he says you're to move out. And you'll know which way to go. Since you've never been this way before. That's what God's going to do. God develops a dream in your life and mine. His dream is righteous. It's holy. We're going to find out. There is engagement there. I mean, we're we're, we're ready for ACT, ION. There is movement. There is momentum there. There's anticipation there. So it's all right here in the dreams. Look at verse 5. Now, now you're talking about being righteous? Here, God is developing this dream. Now, God is going to talk about the righteousness. He says, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. Get right. Get right. Get right. Get right. God wants us to get right. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let me take the sticker off my shoe. (laughs) It says we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. In a little while, we're going to receive the offering. And in a real way, we should crawl up, but don't do this literally in our minds, crawl up in the offering place of God. I offer my life to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. God's plan is always going to be pure. It's always going to be holy. It's always going to be uh, about being set apart. It's not going to be all messed up and dirtied up by the world, by immorality and, and anger and lust and greed. But, but you see here in verse five, it says, for tomorrow. I love that. For tomorrow, the Lord, there, there you go with God again, will do amazing things amongst you. That's what I, I love about dreaming God's dreams, because only God's dreams tethers today to tomorrow. When I, when I dream God's dream, it tethers my today to tomorrow. I, I've got engagement, I've got anticipation, and I've got this thing called momentum. Are you dreaming God's dream? Well, I, I, I don't know if I am or not, brother. Well, just log on to yesterday.com. And yesterday.com will help you to look back and, and if you see that your dream, this dream that you're doing, is not about the advancement of the gospel, then it's not God's dream. But if you log on to yesterday.com and go, you know what, I, it, it is about the advancement of the gospel. I see God developing it, although I don't know right now uh, where I'm going, or, or I know I'm not going to know exactly which way to go until I continue to walk in faith. And I, I see it's about righteousness and about holiness. Wow, it's, it's about engaging the enemy. I feel like I'm in a faith fight because, hey, you, you can mark this one down here. The Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. Say that with me. It's not a playground. It's a battleground. But I don't know about you. I want the blessings, and so do you without the battle. That's what we want. Oh, God, bless my socks off and back on again. I, I want the blessings. I want your favor. Well, man, that's great. God's going to bless your life and mine. But, but it's about engaging the enemy. It's about a fate fight. It's about a battle. It's about adventure and, and excitement. So, so, so the Bible tells us that. The Bible says that a dream will tether our today to Tomorrow, It's about engagement. It's about momentum. And I like what Joshua 3 says. Come here and listen to the words, I'm reading in verse 9 here, of the Lord, your God. This is how you will know. Again, we're talking about knowledge here. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. Now, as the whole ark moved on and as the people followed, Joshua said, you're going to know which way to go. Now, in verses 9 and 10, he says, you're going to know which way to go and, and, and that the living God is amongst you as he will drive out, this is huge here, before you. And I, I love these names. The Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Tezarites and the Gergeshamites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Lustites and the Materialismites and the Greedites and the Angerites and the gluttonousites and all sorts ofites. God wants to drive them out. When we say, God, you know what? It's not about me, it's about you. It's not about my deal, it's about your deal. I wanna stick myself to you. When we do that, here's what's gonna happen. We are gonna see this land that he wants us to claim in every realm of life, we have to allow him to convict us and to move us to drive the people out. You're like, what? Yeah, drive them out, because sin dealt with radically is sin dealt with effectively. God knew that the people couldn't hang out with all these ites. The pull was too strong. The depravity was too great. There's certain places that I can't go, and you can't go. It's just too strong. It's it's too evil. There's certain people I can't associate with. In, in, in a deep way, and you can't either. We just can't do it. There's certain things that I can't watch or that you can't watch. We just can't do it, it's too powerful. Are you, are you dealing with that radically? Because Christianity is a radical thing, man. Because it, when it's dealt with radically, it'll be dealt with effectively. Again, the, the Christian life is all about O-B-E-Y, obey obey and and it's our choice we have a freedom of choice we either live it or we don't or we don't so it's about development right it's about being righteous it's about being pure it's about engaging the enemy because they're going to rumble in a little while with jericho and it's also about anticipation let's check that out again joshua 3 15 and 16 okay they're, they're getting ready to cross the jordan and the jordan's at flood stage Flood stage. I'm talking high tide. Man, that's a bummer. Wah, wah, wah. That's a doggy downer. Wow. Wait a minute, God. You're telling us to cross the Jordan. It's a flood stage. You ever felt like that before? Oh, okay, God. I've stuck myself to your dream, and look, it's it's high tide. Flood stage. I can't cross that. I knew I shouldn't have done that. It's not worth it. That, that's, what, that's what we do, but, but here's, here, here's the deal. When you see an obstacle, that obstacle can be an opportunity for God to move in just a supernatural way. We should look at an obstacle as an opportunity for the grace and the power and the mercy of God. And it's going to cause hope, it's going to cause strength, We're gonna gonna see who are the players and who are the posers, it's it's, it's, it's great stuff. So the Jordan was at flood stage during this harvest, Yet, yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. So check it out again. When their feet touched the water's edge, they had to step out, right? The water from upstream stopped flowing. Now, this is is an interesting fact, very, very interesting, because if you look back, when the Israelites 40 years ago, 40 years ago from this situation, crossed the Red Sea, Moses took the rod of God, put it out over the water, and you know the story, they crossed through the Red Sea. Well, here, God takes him to a level that most people don't want to live on. He says, now, I mean, forget the rod of God. I want you to wade in the water. Wade in the water. Anyone know that song? Wade in the water, children. Anyway, I want you to wade in the water. So, so, so they're, they're, they're going deep here, literally. So, as, as they move out by faith, as we stick ourselves to God and trust Him, then God's going to move. But it takes us to move for this whole situation to happen. That's like salvation, becoming a Christian. You don't just sit there and like, boom, okay, man, I'm saved, I'm born again, I I just made a commitment to Christ, it just happened, no, no, no. You've got to take a step in the water. Many of you right now are are at an obstacle. You're you're at a place at flood stage In, in, in many different areas of your life, step out. And watch God show up in a huge way. And, and then, real, real, real quick again, when, when they were walking through the, the, the Jordan in the, you know, in the dry land, God told them to pick up 12 stones, 12 rocks, and when they got to the other side, they made this memorial. I thought that's pretty cool a memorial. I think it's vital that we make memorials to the dreams of God in our lives. In other words, as we live the dream, as we stick ourselves to God's dreams, we should should have tangible reminders of what God has done. I mean, this this Bible right here is a tangible reminder of what God's done. My, My parents gave it to me the day we opened this worship center right here. It says, Holy Bible presented to Ed Young. Dad and Mom, we thank God for you, Ed, and for what he's doing through you at Fellowship Church. We love you, April 5th, 1998. Every time I walk down from my office down the steps to hit the stage, I have a number of visual memorials, visual reminders of God's dream of how God just showed up in huge ways. About times I wanted to just just stop. I wanted to maybe quit pastoring. I thought there's no way we can do it. We don't have enough manpower. We don't have enough money. I don't know what to say when I hit the stage. But now. I have these memorials, and every time before I preach, the memorials, as I glance at them, give me confidence. And and, and that's what God was doing right here when he instructed them to take the rocks and make this memorial. He said, man, tell your kids about it. Tell others about it. That I showed up and that I had a dream and have a dream for you. Joshua chapter 5, verse 7 is is a heavy verse. And And I just put this... Um, up on the screen for for many of you to just download it. It, 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 And I don't have time to get into the whole verse, but basically it says that all of the people died off in the wilderness, right? But this new generation now is is in play. And verse 7 says, so he, God, raised up their sons in their place. Now that's heavy. Because if 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 someone does not step up and stick themselves to God's dream, we're gonna get replaced one day. And so many, many of you have taken the place of people before you who just didn't do the dream. Did you hear that? People before us, decades before us, I'm sure, dreamed of, wow, there could be a church, even in the Bible Belt, to reach people who were far away from God. There, there could be a church that, is, that has a, a core group of believers who were white hot for evangelism. And there, there could be a church where people could show up and understand what's going on about the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And for, for, for several different reasons, many of them failed. They've died off. They missed the dream. Yet so many of you have stuck yourselves to God's dream and look at what the Lord has done. So give yourselves a round of applause because you're clapping for God because none of us would be here anyway if it was not for God. So I thought I thought that was a really cool, but also a sobering word. I mean, I have a, a, an opportunity, a time, a place to do something. Whoa. Okay, they take on Jericho. Wipe Jericho out, but they, but they spared somebody. The hoe, who now has hope. I'm talking about Rahab. They spared Rahab and her family. And Rahab is mentioned in Hebrews 12 in the Hall of Faith. Here's what God said, okay? Right before the battle, verses 18 and 19, Joshua chapter 6. He's he's, he's telling all his boys here, but keep away. Talking about Jericho, the first city, right? From the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you'll make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury or into his dream center. So they wipe out Jericho. And then after this victory, they have all this momentum. They're like, oh, man, AI, that's a little town over there. We can take out AI, no problem. So they kind of just go to take out AI, and AI kicks their rears all the way back to where they were hanging out. They're like, what happened? What's the deal? And God says, you know what? You've been disobedient. Joshua was like, what? What? God said, you've been disobedient. You have stolen some of the devoted things. And Joshua was like, what? And then they start to search. Tribe by tribe. You want to talk about accountability? Clan by clan. Read it. Family by family. Man by man. They're searching in their tents. They're searching in all of their articles because they know somebody has stolen the things that should be devoted to God. And finally, Achan is the man. And, 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 and God, through Joshua, says, you know, Achan, it's not looking good. And with Achan, they have the first rock festival ever recorded because he was stoned to death. He was taken out. People sometimes say, oh, you know, the church, I just don't know, but the church the church talks about money so much. It, it, sometimes I go, and it's about money. Hey, I, 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 wish I, I wish I couldn't talk about it or didn't mention it that much, but you cannot read Scripture very much without running into money. Money matters to God. God's into the tangible because money is, is God's, it's not yours. So I want to ask you, if, if we could do a search right now, are any of you taking the things that are devoted to God, are any of you hiding some of that stuff in your tent? You're wondering why you're having a hard time with battles? You're wondering why your kids are about to drive you crazy? You're wondering why you don't have any meaning and fulfillment and purpose in your life? You're wondering why you just can't get your thoughts together? Well, <laughs> it could be traced back. It could be traced back. It probably can be traced back to. The gold and silver devoted to God. It's the treasure test. Jesus said, I mean, I'm just saying what Jesus said. Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where's your heart? Where's your treasure? Are you hiding it in the tent thinking it's yours? Because think about the city. Jericho, the first. There's power in the first. God gave his first, right? We're to give the first fruits, the, the first born throughout Scripture, and the first portion of our income to the dream center, to the church. Because God says, when we honor him with the first, he's going to bless the rest. So, a long time ago, I knew I had a choice. Okay, Ed, you live under cursing or blessing. You bring the first to the dream center, and God's going to bless the rest, or you go aching and hide it and keep it for yourself, and you're cursed. Let me think for a second. Oh, I'll take the blessing. How about you? How about you? It's just a a tangible reminder and test to see if God is number one. And and you you want to talk about momentum? That's it. You want to talk about anticipation? That's it. God showing up in intangible and tangible ways. You want to talk about engagement? The fight? The faith fight? we're talking about it right here you're talking about righteousness holiness purity it's right here it's a battle you want to talk about development it's right here in this dream inventory that we've gone through tonight so what's the deal it's time to take that dream inventory are you doing your dream and sticking god to it or Are you saying, God, I see your dream. It's written in the book, and I stick myself to it. Because when you do that, you'll discover this amazing life that God has for every single person in this house.